Good morning, tappers. Good morning, tappers. Oh, Megan, it seems like we are recording just fine for now. We apologize, everybody, for um, our abs- abstinence. <laughs> our abstinence. What's abstinence? No, is that the word? No, abstinence is like refraining from something. So, like abstinence from from sex. <laughs> like I'm abstinent. Well, it's absence. Oh, our absence <laughs> on Monday's episode. We had some technical difficulties, and then Megan was um, out doing things with the girls. Um, so we didn't get a chance to record a Monday episode, but we are back today, full-fledged um, Karma Tap episode. Yeah, and we've got something really special for you. Sean did all of the research, and I'm just here to be the peanut gallery, but he assures <laughs> me it's juicy, it's mm-hmm. intense, it's all over the place. So I'm excited, and we're going to learn together today. It's the Sean show yeah. today. Scream, step aside. We have a new slasher film in the making. Oh, my gosh. Oh, speaking yeah. of which, I just have to say, one of my gifts from Alexa was a horror movie night like trivia game. And Ooh. I'm excited to play it because I feel like I I know every horror movie that's ever been printed. <laughs> um so well, I don't know. I referenced some recent ones on Netflix, and you were like, "What's that?" Like I've never heard of that. One. Okay, I guess I should say classics. Okay, I guess just classics, okay. <laughs> not this yeah. newfangled um, <laughs> streaming, whatever that is. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, have you seen yet? Have you seen Megan? Uh oh, she's back. She is back. You know. The Parent Trap were the old days, but Lindsay is back. She is back in her star position on a new Netflix um, Christmas movie. Have you seen it yet? I actually saw it. There's an article about it, and it was like, um, Lindsay's doing so well. She did so good in this movie. We love Lindsay. So I'm like, I got to watch it. Well, I haven't watched it yet because the vibe's going to be just right. I got to have sugar cookies going. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I got to get the frosting and then I got to have, you know, the cute Christmas movie in the background. And it's very hard here. Like I forgot next week was Thanksgiving. I wake up and it's the same temperature. The seasons don't change. You know, it, outside looks the same every single day that I was like, how is it almost Thanksgiving? And I, you know, you, living in New England, you feel like it's like the holiday season here. It just feels like a normal summer day. <laughs> Does it feel any different? That is crazy, honestly. Because I'm looking outside my window and we already have snow on the ground. Yes. So what? You got like an inch, right? So we haven't probably an inch that stayed, but it was snowing mm-hmm. like completely overnight. So the roads were awful. I when I was driving to work um, at like nine fifteen ish. Uh, there was five cars off the road. Oh my god! I know. I feel like nobody was prepared. Usually, as of recently, like we usually don't get snow in November anymore. Usually, like the snow doesn't happen until like later December. Yeah, January, February. That's when like the heavy fucking shit starts falling. So maybe people didn't have their tires on. You know, maybe people weren't like expecting it. And you know, sometimes a lot of times. People just forget how to drive in snow, and then they're flying 80 miles an hour down the highway, and then it's a patch of ice, and then they go flying off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and what us Vermonters always complain about is since COVID, all of the city people have come, and they mm-hmm. don't know how to drive <laughs> in in this, which is funny because I was stuck behind a New Jersey plate 
and for a little bit and they were going so slow and they were going up a hill. I said, you've got to get some speed up or you're just going to go sliding <laughs> down the hill. Like I'm like, yeah. I feel knock on wood that I'm actually pretty good driving in the snow because I know that if you go too slow, then you're going to get stuck. Yeah. But if you go too fast, you're going to go sliding off. So there's like this very like Goldilocks like speed yes. that you're supposed to go at when you don't mm-hmm. overcorrect when you're sliding, you just kind of let it happen, you know? So I feel yeah. like I'm pretty good about that. So I was like behind this Jersey plate far back and I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to fall down the hill or slide <laughs> down the hill, but they made it. And then they pulled over and let me go in front of them. <laughs> well, I feel like we're lucky to grow up. Well, I shouldn't say that because <laughs> sometimes I wish I didn't grow up in new England, but it really is. A lot of people I feel are fearful of moving to some place that has snow you know, when you see six feet of snow falling on the ground and you live in South Florida, you're looking there like, I wouldn't even know how to commute in that. Like, even today, I'm like, you know, thank my lucky stars I don't have to commute in that kind of weather. But, like, a lot of people are fearful. Like, they don't even have to drive in the snow. Like, they won't even move to a state that has snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, it's all of, like, what you're used to because then you're explaining, like, how it's summer every day. And I'm like, I don't think yeah. I could do that. You know, it's just kind of like what you're used to. <laughs> Right. So I feel like for my time, like this is definitely short term, but I would love to live here in the winter. It's just, I don't know how people do this every day. Like it's the same thing every day. Yeah. I I might lose my mind. But I mean, for now it's great looking that great seeing that you guys are getting snowed. I'm not. So Mm -hmm. I'm not mad about that. I did see that Buffalo was getting roughly like four to six of snow oh i did i saw that too yeah it's because they're so close to canada right yeah like lake erie the lake effect snow oh yeah so crazy because like lake champlain like i well i guess the two bodies of water are a little bit different yeah yeah (laughs) but it's crazy that a lake would cause that much snow like buffalo is always getting so much snow that's one place i will never live is buffalo new york because they're always getting pounded with snow pounded like a lot of snow (laughs) My um, stepmother, not Lisa, um, the other one, Jen, <laughs> she went to college in Buffalo and she said like in the winter, they had a whole system. Uh, I don't remember what school she went to in Buffalo, but her her college had an entire system of underground tunnels. <gasps> oh my God, really? Yeah. So that's how they would go from place to place. That's pretty cool. I mean, they know it's coming. So like, let's, let's go underground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, that's, that's like how they've adapted to that craziness. So all I'm seeing is sunshine and palm trees today, Megan. So <laughs> there no you no different for me. <laughs> Winner's prune. <laughs> well, Megan, let's get into today's episode because, you know, there was some miscommunication between the two of us, um, but I kind of like overruled and I was like, I need to talk about these stories. <laughs> the headlines we need to talk about them so i have done immense research on both of these stories and let me tell you what there's enough information here for you to commentate on i got some i got a photo to send you that is so gruesome um and like eerie like it's worse seeing this photo than it is seeing an actual crime scene let me just put it that way oh my god you are building this up you better be delivering is all i'm saying oh i will <laughs> um but before we get into these two stories megan i think it's time that we get into the poor before the four and then we're like, uh-huh. so i have um not to be a common white girl but i have my lifeblood the thing that keeps me going um mm-hmm. the reason i get up in the morning coffee 
is it your Colombian? Of course. Of course. When are you going to bring out the peppermint mocha? We have the peppermint mocha creamer, but I haven't I haven't started using it yet. Yeah. But yeah, we got to get the exact some, one you're talking about. The um what's that, what's that, that brand? Ness Nestle? No. I, Coffee mate? No. Um Oh my god, what is it? I know the bottle's light blue. Yes, with like snowflakes on it and a red and white ribbon. God, I feel like I could, I could picture it. I know I see it every year in the cooler. But like I my tried and true is the Dunkin' Donuts extra extra. And there's nothing that beats it for me. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I use that because it's like a basic creamer. And then I add my own syrups. So like that adds the flavoring for me. Um, but that's what I'm drinking today. I got a nice coffee here um, with my Dunkin' Donuts creamer. I have Trader Joe's dark roast coffee and um, Patchy, you know, my Patchy, mm-hmm. he made, he makes me homemade um, cinnamon syrup. Oh my God, man, you pampered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say, wouldn't it be nice if we can make our own syrups? The next day he's ordering supplies on Amazon to make me syrup. So get you a man to make you a uh, simple syrup. <laughs> See, I would say that Nick would be like, oh, great idea. So he would buy it. He's the, the money man. But then mm-hmm. I would do it. <laughs> He'd be like, great idea. When are you doing it? <laughs> He's made um, cinnamon. So he buys the cinnamon sticks and then he boils it down. Oh, my God. Let me tell you what. You want your house to smell like Christmas? Just boil some water and cinnamon sticks. Oh, my God. It smells like Christmas in here. And he's made um, vanilla. So he buys like the, the vanilla beans and he'll like dig them out and he'll like soak them. You might as well open you. your own barista or freaking cafe <laughs> up in there. Let me tell you, we had my friend Olivia. She came a couple weeks ago and we made her a little iced coffee and we put that in there. She's like, I feel like I'm drinking Starbucks. And I'm like, that's the whole point. Like, figure out how to make your coffee at home taste like it is from Starbucks or Dunkin' so that you don't buy it as much. Because like mm-hmm. now I don't have a, like a craving to go out to buy it because I can honestly make something so similar here at home. I mean, that sounds good to me. I, I can't mm-hmm. say that I have the motivation to make it myself. But when I come visit, I expect that waiting at the oh. doorstep for me. Well, handcrafted here only, Megan. You yeah. want <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Now that we have our drinks, Megan, let's get into... Oh, how about we kick it into gear and get into these hot topics? Here. Ooh! <laughs> All right, Megan, I'm going to need you to just sit back and relax because I have a lot to talk about here. Um, first, I'm going to talk about these recent slasher horror film in the making um, over in Moscow, Idaho. Now, Meg, have you seen anything about this story? Do you have, you know, it's been all over the news for me. Um. I haven't. I maybe I've seen something and just scrolled by it. So I'm completely in the dark. So explain it to oh. me like you would an alien. Isn't that what they used to say okay. in school? <laughs> we are setting the scene here in Moscow, Idaho. So Moscow, Idaho, not to be confused with Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was writing notes and then I put Warsaw, Idaho. And then I was like reading an article. I'm like, oh my God, it's Moscow. Like I'm getting my Russian territories confused here <laughs> uh, yeah that's in poland okay that's that's right. right now more so right, in well, poland you know i'm getting those whatever i get a little confused um moscow idaho is a twenty-five thousand resident um town nestled in idaho which is on the border of washington so megan it is a college town um so just get this picture in your mind it's a cute little um, quaint little college town. You know, this this town is popping, kind of like New London. 
even though New London is only like what less than ten thousand people. But you know, it's popping during the summer, or it's popping during the school year, and then in the summertime, it's not popping because you know everyone's gone. So this town has not recorded a murder since twenty fifteen. So you can see, like you know, it's kind of safe. People feel safe there. Um, not much going on. They always say that in the beginning of Snapped. I gotta say. <laughs> yes. They always say, oh my god, it's bringing us back to our roots. Yeah. Um, recently, on November 13th, which was Sunday, this last Sunday, four college students were found murdered in their home. Um, and today, there is no suspect at large. They don't have a killer. They don't have nothing. Four college students were found dead in their house. Oh, uh, okay. I'm getting satanic ritual. Okay, let me get in more into this because, like, this is insane. Um, so the four people were Ethan Chapman, who is a triplet, Zaina Kernodal, Madison Mogan, and Kaylee Concaves. Now, you see pictures of these these people. They're, like, very attractive, like, young people. Like, they almost look like Southern Bells. Like, you know, they got the blonde hair, the makeup done. They got the high-waist, you know, they got the high-waisted jeans on. You know, they're just, like, typical millennials. Um and surveillance footage has showed two victims out at a food truck about three hours before the murders, while the other two were at a downtown bar prior to the murders. Now, reports are saying that they all arrived back home sometime after a, sometime after 1.45 a.m. Um, and they were approximately killed around sometime early in the morning, around 3 to 4 a.m. So, I mean, this just happened on Sunday. Still, no one has any idea who did it. Um but there's more reports coming out saying that there was actually two more additional people in the home at the time of the killings. Um, so now in the beginning, like when this first happened, we didn't know how they died. But it's been confirmed that the four have died from one knife. They have confirmed it was the same knife that killed these four people. Now, that's where this kind of gets crazy because it's like, how did one person overpower four people with a knife? Yeah, like I feel like once he's killing killing the one person, I'd be bolting. Right. Yeah, so like it's not like a spray of bullets sort of thing where you can get everyone right. at the same time. Yeah, and I feel like they would be sleeping maybe in the same bedroom. Like as he's killing one person, the other person should be hearing like screams or like a struggle or something, and like wake up. You know, were so, they like tied to chairs or something? There's no like. I'm telling you, this police department over, like, in this Idaho town, like, they have not probably seen anything like this ever before. They don't even know, they don't know anything that's going on. They don't even, they're not telling anybody what's going on. Um, they're like, the killer, um, everybody should feel safe, but we don't know who the killer is. And it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, they're coming out and saying that. And it's like, don't worry, you're fine. It, you know, it was uh, a single targeted attack. Like, you guys are fine. Like, don't worry about it. And then people are like, what is what are we what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, they haven't dealt slaughtered. They haven't dealt with a murder since 2015. So it's like they literally have no idea what to do. Like, bring right. in the big guns, bring in the, the state police or the FBI or something. <laughs> well, so the FBI is working with them. But, um, <laughs> but I was I was thinking as I was talking to myself, I'm like, well, it is true. Like, if I was in this town and I was a police officer. Um, this isn't like LA, this isn't like Philly, this isn't like Chicago, where most likely the, the 
police have seen this type of thing before. They know the protocols. They know what to do. But um, this is like a small town, and this police department has probably never seen anything like this before. They don't know the protocols. They don't know the next step. They don't know what they're like. You know, what what are they good? Oh, well, get the caution tape. Like the caution tape probably has duck or has dust on it in the cabinet. Like they don't, <laughs> you know, like they're probably not trained on how to deal with like four people getting slashed in their house. So, um, as I said, there was two other people in the home at the time of the murders. That that information just came out recently. So there was a total of six people in this house. Four were killed. Two were confirmed not to be hostages or anything. Um, they were just two other people in the home at the time. And it's just like, did y'all not hear four people getting murdered? Like, what What happened? Um, you know, like, how are you just in the house? And like, you don't know, you don't hear so, people getting murdered? But they're not thinking that these two people are the suspects? Uh, I don't know. Well, maybe they're the people that heard heard it, and so they were the, they were the runners. Like they were having a sleepover right. or whatever, and they were the runners. I don't know. <laughs> well, there's been no evidence of forced entry. So, <sighs> did they invite somebody into the house when they were coming back from the bars? And like, I mean, there's a video footage of them at a food truck, like two hours before they got murdered. So it's like, what what? There wasn't like a fight or anything, you know, was what's going on. One of the girls posted a picture on Instagram like that day um, of all four of them together and how happy she was to be surrounded by her four best friends or something like. So I don't think there was any like quarrel. Is that the word quarrel between the group of four? Like, yeah. you know, like I people just don't know what's happening here. Mm-hmm. I know, but what you put on social media may not always be true. Like, you see people like, oh, my God, we're so happy together. And it's like, I heard you guys screaming down the street at each other, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so I guess you don't know the full story just by a picture. As I mentioned, um, they still have not recovered a weapon. They don't have a suspect. They don't have anything in this case. I mean, it's almost been a week now. And, you know, there's not even a suspect. You know, no one's looking for anybody. But, like, there's got to be DNA. There's got to be scratches on the bodies. There's got to be something, you know. There's got to be um, hair. There's got to be some sort of DNA left at this crime scene. Because, like, if anybody knows anything about slashers, um, you know, it's usually a struggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a whole drawn out, like, the last 30 minutes, like, of a... <laughs> right. So they're questioning if this was possibly a murder-suicide. You know, they killed three, then they killed themselves. Um, but they're saying that didn't happen. And even Nancy Grace has said that, like, that's not probably not the case. Oh, so, thank you, Nancy. <laughs> Nancy, we believe in Nancy. Um, but, Megan, I want to show you now this very eerie photo that was just released. Um, and the police are saying that this crime scene was one of the most gruesome crime scenes they've ever seen. So it must have been disgusting. Um, but they released this photo that is not of the crime scene, but it's from outside the crime scene. Um, okay, I'm sending it to you now. Like outside the house? Yes. Oh my god! I see the blood trickling out of the foundation <sighs> of the house. Yes. That is, is eerie. That, I mean, I've never seen any, I've never seen anything like that. Like, how does that happen? Well, I was thinking that must be a really poorly constructed house. Or okay, so for reference, everybody, the photo is of just the outside of the house. 
and you can see the siding and the foundation, and you can see blood trickling down the foundation of the house. So it's got to be a body was up against the wall or something right there, and it must have gone down the home or something, you know? Like, how else does that happen? Or there's just so much blood that it, like, soaked through. That makes me think yeah. there's a lot of blood in there. <laughs> That's why when they said it was one of the most gruesome crime scenes they've seen, I mean, just seeing that photo says a lot that the blood was literally tricking down the foundation of the home. <laughs> yeah, it literally, like, seeped through the house. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's why it's like you know the town is like what's going on here like update us like is it safe a lot of the kids are not returning to class a lot of them are going home for thanksgiving break um but i just read that the principal of the school was saying how a lot of students wanted to go back to class and how they reopened class like last or like the other day or something and i'm like who is staying on that campus who is who's going to walk that camp you know like uh four students were just slashed um and they don't know who did it and we're going to open up classes like it's not that important (laughs) um i can't imagine a single student like students hate going to class i can't imagine them being so passionate about going to class that they're gonna not uh, quadruple murder stop them like yeah I, i was talking about this with nick i remember when we were in i don't think you were but I think it was, uh, yeah, it was my senior year. You had already graduated. And mm-hmm. um, all of my professors canceled class when Trump got elected. They're like, take this day to mourn. Oh, my God. I feel like a quadruple homicide. I feel like th- that <laughs> that should take. It's a little different. You should take some time. <laughs> right. Um, so my final thing is here on this, because, I mean, we're going to be updating this story. This is like the Gavin Petito case. Like, there's going to be so much more coming out from this to figure out what actually happened. Um, there's actually been a report on September 12th that was filed as um, in a police log or something that was sent to the University of Idaho. Um, but the report read, is emerged that another incident involving a knife at the University of Idaho occurred in September. When campus, safe, campus security sent out a so-called vandal alert to allow staff and students using the subject line threat with a knife, the alert from September 12th read, the Moscow Police Department received a report that a group of students was walking between the steam plant parking lot and Student Recreation Center on Paradise Path and were threatened by a person with a knife. No individual was harmed in the incident, but campus community members advised to be cautious and added... Oh, and to be alert. So they're saying that it was a man between the ages of 18 to 20 wearing a dark hoodie, had a knife, and they were threatening people on the walkway in was September. Was the group of students the same group of students? I don't think so. I think it was, oh. like, different. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're thinking, like, this wasn't, like, you know, they targeted these four students. It was just kind of, like, random. Um but so that happened in September and currently the uh, sheriff or police department, they have came out with a recent statement that said, we cannot say that there's no threat to the community. So they're like changing their script here. Oh, hmm, flipping the script here. <laughs> they said, as we have stated, please stay vigilant, um, report any suspicious activity and be aware of your surroundings at all times. So 
that's what they recently said. Um, <laughs> in the beginning, they were not saying that. They're like, everything's fine. Like, go back to class. <laughs> so that makes me think they found out something. They got to. I mean, there's got to be so much evidence at that crime scene. It's, you know, I don't know. So get the DNA people on it. I know. Get the paraben nano labs on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you remember well, the name? <laughs> I know. All of a sudden, it just came to me. Just collect. <laughs> but that's what's going on in Idaho, Megan. Um, now, this is a hot story. This is something we're going to be talking about a lot here on Comment Tap. So come back for more. It'll be in a recent update episode because, I mean, the killer has got to be found at some point. Yeah, you don't just brutally kill people and then, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, like even the greatest serial killers were caught. So it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the except Golden for killer. Except for the Zodiac killer. We're still on the hunt. That one might not ever be solved. <laughs> yeah, that probably won't. All right. So into our next story here, Megan, which is a, another hot on the press um, story. This one happened. I don't, maybe it was the same day as the Idaho murders or like the day before, but it's the UVA college football players who were shot on a bus um, and killed. Uh, Lavelle Davis, Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry were all on a bus together to Washington, D.C. to see a play and then later on to go out for Ethiopian food. So these were three star football players from the University of, oh my God, Virginia? UVA? <laughs> is that Virginia? Virginia, Virginia Arlington? Oh, is that what it is? Probably. It's like University of Virginia, like dash arlington sort of thing like that's where the yeah okay so they're on a bus together to go to a play in washington dc um now there's a total of five football players on this bus um three of them were killed the fourth was injured and then the fifth escaped he unharmed um so they already got the guy you know my rendition of this is going to be coming from a first-hand classmate who was on the bus because I find the way she recounted what happened really tells or paints the picture of like what happened on this bus. Um, so the suspect who did it was name was Christopher Darnell Jones Jr. So now classmates have said that he is kind of an outcast. Um, when they were riding the bus, when they're at the play, he kind of like sat separate from everybody. Like he wasn't even like in the group. Um, he was kind of like a loner. And that's kind of how all these psychopathic killers are like they're all kind of like the loners who are just like kind of awkward out in the corner by themselves yeah Um, so everyone be nice to people and include everyone (laughs) right so apparently um this was a class that um was offered by the college it was about um african-american playwrights so that's why they were going to a play it was about emmett till the 1955 lynching that kind of started the civil rights movement Um, oh yeah a um a movie just came out about that called till oh Oh, really? Yeah. So the funny thing is, Christopher Darnell Jones Jr. was actually not even in the class that was going on this uh, field trip. Mm -hmm. The professor, he was in a similar class, not the same one. It was a social justice class or something that was taught by the same professor. And she was able to fundraise for this entire trip to bring all the students on the bus to Washington, D.C., see this play, get some food after. And she invited some other students to tag along on the trip. One of them was Christopher Donnell Jones. So I can only imagine that the teacher is like, 
going through a lot right now because I feel like she's probably feeling guilt in this, inviting yeah. him on the trip. Even though it's not her fault, there's no way she would have known. Right. You know. The stories recounted by this classmate, her name, they only gave her last name, which was Lynch. Um, it was a long bus trip, and on the bus, uh, she recounts that he was sitting in the back of the bus and just kind of alone, not talking to anybody. She said that nobody really knew him on the bus, but everybody was in that group was really like caring and accepting, and they were like, you know, it was. She said it was like a family, like everybody was so close knit. We all got along with each other, um, so we were all like, you know, we're not like making fun of him. Like, what's he doing back there by himself? Like, what a loser! Like, they weren't saying that, you know. They were like you know, and trying to bond with him. And she even goes on to say that she went to the back of the bus and talked to him because she said she met him once before in an audition to be a model for this runway competition at their campus that goes to like charity or something. And they said they both auditioned for it and they both didn't do it. But she said she went back on the bus to go talk to him. And she said that we both should do audition for the runway again next year. And she said he didn't say anything, and she stood up and went back to her seat. So, well, I mean, she tried. So, right. So, like, she was trying to be accepting. You know, she was trying to like, you know, interact with him because clearly she could see that he was being kind of a loner in the back of the bus. Um, well, so, I guess in the end, it doesn't matter if you're nice to them or not. They're going to do what they're going to do. I guess. Right. <laughs> it seems like yeah. So, um. I'm going to read it right from this article. It's on the Washington Post because it's so. I was reading it. I was like so captivated by reading it. Oh, and also Christopher Darnell Jones also played. He briefly played for the UVA football team. So he played back in 2018, but he wasn't like playing, I guess. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the three people he killed were on the UVA football team. I think there's got to be some beef or something around that. Yeah, like he was, he felt like an outcast there, or he wasn't good, he got cut, or bad grades, he got cut, right. or and was jealous, or something. Yeah. Okay, so the night before the bus to the D.C. football trip, the football team was playing a game against the University of Pittsburgh. So this is coming from the student. Her last name is Lynch. I don't know her first name. Um, and she was worried that her friends might not make the trip or be too tired to attend. But it was at the time to get on the bus at 11.30 a.m. on Sunday, and the three football, the five football players were there already waiting with smiles on their faces. Their professor had gotten funding to pay for the entire trip, food, transportation, theater tickets, everything. And she had invited students from her other classes to join as well, which is how Jones wound up on the bus. No one really knew him at all, but everyone was welcoming and nice. People talked to him or tried to. It was such a warm group. They arrived at the Atlas Performing Arts Center on 8th Street in Northeast Washington for the 3 p.m. performance of The Ballad of Emmett Till. While most everyone from the UVA sat together, Lynch said, Jones sat at a seat near the front among the general audience attending the matinee. After the play, the professor took the class to a restaurant called The Ethiopic, where they had reserved four tables on the patio to sample huge platters of Ethiopian food. Lynch, that another sounds female so fun. Student, I know. And the football players sat on one table while Jones sat, sat at another table with other students. By the time they boarded the bus to go home, almost everyone was buzzing with excitement about the food and the stunning play. It was, it was really powerful. We had never seen anything like it. It got everyone talking on the ride back about the play. It was a real bonding experience. Lynch spent about two and a half hour ride chatting at the front of the bus with a friend and some of the football players. Mike Hollins, who was later shot but survived, helped Lynch with her statistic homework. Chandler connected his phone to the bus's speakers and blasted the new Drake album. 
The professor raised her eyebrows jokingly at some of the song's curse words. And then the football player, Chandler, goes on to say, don't worry, professor, I got a song for you. And he switched it to old school R&B. And then the professor started dancing in her seat. That's why I'm like reading this. I'm like, oh my God, stop. Like, this is like making it worse. It's so wholesome. (laughs) And it was, she even mentioned how like one of the football players was using her laptop to charge his phone. Like she was just talking to him recently. Um, The football players also talked about their NFL aspirations, promising to give Lynch and the other students signed jerseys when they made it. Lynch told them about their plans. Oh, she told them about her plans to go to medical school and they confessed her desire to be a broadcast journalist. Everybody on the bus said you should do it. You'd be so good at it. Isn't it good to see like, you feel like these football players are like so macho and they're like, yeah, like drink beer, play football. Like they're on a fucking bus ride with like other normal students. Like, you know, just like having conversation, like you kind of don't look at these football players like that in a sense, you know, I kind of stereotype them into like a box. Yeah. Like when you first said that they were going to a play, I was like, wait a minute, why are football guys going to a play? Like even, even I was thinking about that stereotype, but yeah, like hearing them like talk to this random girl and be like, oh, follow your dreams. Like, and they're like sharing, like she's. They're charging phones on her laptop. They're helping her with her statistics homework. I'm like, I, I, I guess I just don't think of college football players like interacting with other students except their team or like them doing college things. Like I feel like all they do is football. You know? Yeah. As the bus neared Charlottesville, three of the players headed toward the back where Jones was sitting to use the bathroom. Um, since the shooting, Lynch said that she replayed the lo- those last moments in her mind trying to figure out what had happened. Others on the bus told her that they heard Jones yell before opening fire, something to the effect of, you guys are always messing with me, she said. But that doesn't make sense because no one was really talking to him the whole trip. In a phone interview with Michael Holland Sr., said his son, still recovering in the hospital, told him that Jones asked one of the players about a video game before opening fire. The shooter seemed to be aiming at specific people, and one witness reported that he shot one of the football players as he slept. Lynch has been haunted by the images of her friends, Laval, Deshaun, and Devin, as they say, bleeding on the bus. They were no, they were so caring and amazing to me, to everyone in that class. The one thing that gives me comfort is I know each of them had somebody in our class trying to help them. I want their families to know that in their last moments, they were not alone. So I wanted to also read here where she I'm going to start fucking crying. (laughs) I like, I was the realist. I'm like, oh my God, like who thought these football players like had a heart? So she also recalls the actual shooting and like kind of what happened after it. Okay. So on the long bus ride back to Charlottesville. So they did everything. They went to the play. They got food. It was on the bus ride back to Charlottesville. Um, While others chatted about the powerful play they had just seen and moved around the bus laughing and bonding, Jones remained in the back. Um, Lynch, a sophomore from Philly, had met Jones only once before when both had tried out for the runway model group for an on-campus show. You know, I talked about that. She went back and she tried to talk to him. They were pulling up to the parking garage next to the Colbreth Theater building when the shooting began. At first, Lynch said she thought it was a balloon or an overinflated bag of chips popping, but her ears wouldn't stop ringing. Then she smelled the smoke. Gunpowder, she realized that the, at, she realized that she ducked for the floor and tried to hide by pulling a jacket and blanket over her head. The gunshots kept coming until they suddenly stopped. Lynch peeked out from under her jacket and watched as someone strode down the aisle. It was Jones in the burgundy sweatshirt he'd been wearing all day. He was walking slowly with an odd kind of swagger toward the bus. 
bus door. Once he got outside, she heard more gunshots being fired. She heard others shouting, get off the bus. We have to get off. But as she stood, she saw Lavelle Davis, a six foot seven wide receiver on the football team, lying face down in the middle of the bus. They had grown close that semester in theater class just minutes before. Davis had been charging his cell phone using her computer and talking to her about how excited he was to be able to play football again after recovering from a concussion. Now she could see the blood seeping from a bullet wound to his head. She and a friend rushed to Davis's side. Her friend took his pulse. It was faint. They tried to find a way to help, talking to him all the while. Lynch said that she didn't want him to die, and if he did, she didn't want him to feel alone and abandoned. We're trying to get you help, Laval, she tried to tell him. We're calling you an ambulance. They heard the professor, Teresa Davis, yelling, get off the bus. We have to get off the bus. She suddenly realized they could be still in danger. She and others ran into the drama building. As several of them hid in the one of the bathrooms, they called 911 over and over again, and they began trying to understand what had just happened and why. So that's what I have, Megan. That, you know, at first I was going to talk about the story. I was like, oh, three football players died, you know, big deal. But like after you read this story, it's like, wow, I feel so bad and terrible for what happened. Um, and we still don't know exactly what happened. You know, they're saying there was an argument about a video game, but like just the simple fact of knowing that this guy was on this bus and, at a play and at an Ethiopian restaurant packing like he had this gun with him the entire time yeah so that makes me think oh it was in a spur of the moment thing like he was planning this right and when i was thinking you guys are always messing with me and they weren't it makes me think paranoid schizophrenia you know where mm-hmm. it's like he thinks that everyone's talking about him and that everyone's being mean to him or that he thought people coming up to him like trying to talk to him was them like then they go back to their friends and be like, ha ha, he, he thought I was really talking or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's That makes me, you know, think that sort of thing was going on or something. But I feel like... But, I mean, maybe he says that because they play football or something together, maybe. Yeah, or maybe there was like a hazing incident back in 2018 that he like didn't like... like that happen- I, I mean, I don't know. There's speculation. Do you think they're ever going to like say what happened like why or i was thinking like isn't there cameras on these buses like there's got to be video surveillance of this happening so it's just sad after after reading that story it's like even more sad to think about i know Hmm. so those three football players died a fourth football player was injured a fifth so there's five total players on this bus the fifth was um he got it out unscathed and then there was another female who was injured um but Clearly, it was a targeted attack, and, you know, he targeted the three football players. And, I mean, easy to see. This one's fucking six foot seven. Like, he stands out on this bus, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it, that reminds me of the Columbine shooting. I mean, I always go back to that. But- <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop it. Sorry, you Okay, everybody, we're having some technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> you're having some vocal difficulties <laughs> but that's what we have on today's episode of crime on tap we hope you enjoyed today's episode on the idaho slashings and the unfortunate deaths of the three football players from uva um but join us next monday for another crime on tap episode hopefully we can get through these technical difficulties and figure out what's going on here in order to provide you guys with more content so get over on our instagram at crime on tap pod Slide in our DMs. Let us know what you're loving, what you're hating. And be sure to listen to us on Spotify, Apple, the other ones. Tell your friends, foes, hoes, bros, and toes about us. And we'll see you guys (laughs) next time.
where crime, crime is, is always on tap. On tap. <laughs> <laughs>